Welcome in to another new NACE International podcast. My name is Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Materials Performance Magazine and with Codings Pro Magazine. Today, as we continue our MP interview series, speaking to various leaders within the industry, we're joined by Vincent Higgins, Global Director of Technology and Innovation for Honeywell. Vincent, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Ben. Uh, very well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And what we're going to be discussing today, Honeywell recently introduced what it's calling an advanced industrial training solution that combines 3D technology with an operator training simulation. Basically, it's a tool designed for plant operators and field technicians. Officially, it's called the Immersive Field Simulator, and it's described by Honeywell as a virtual reality and mixed reality-based training tool that incorporates a digital twin of the physical plant to provide targeted and skill-based training for workers. Honeywell notes that many companies are facing higher operational pressures as a result of the pandemic, and the tool also helps to accelerate the training times of any new plant personnel, which can help meet a growing talent shortage within the industrial sector. According to Honeywell, their experience has shown that virtual reality learners are at least four times faster to train than if it were done in a traditional classroom setting. So Vincent, to start off our discussion, give us a little bit of background as far as the new simulator, how this came to be and ultimately what the goal is moving forward. Certainly. Thanks, Ben. Uh, it really comes from our customers' requests. There are some real challenges in the industry related to a retiring workforce. Um, the ineffectiveness of classroom training e-learning, uh, in particular, to, to get folks up and running and, and ready to do their work on a day-to-day -day basis. You have the new millennial generation that's coming in, replacing that retiring generation. And they haven't seen a lot of the things that happen not every day, maybe every week or every once a year. They're faced with those without the help of their, their senior members. So there, there is truly a, a, a skills gap here that needs to be addressed. And uh, some of these newer technologies, particularly virtual reality and digital twins in general, are a great way to get folks up to speed faster. We call it time to competency. How fast can you get a person ready to do a technical task in the field? Um, and we're seeing, like you mentioned, a four times faster rate to get folks up to speed and confident that they can do their job well based uh, relative to classroom learning. So what's the potential relevance of the simulator as it pertains to corrosion? That's what our audience at NACE is largely focused on. And from what I'm, I've read with the press release and doing some digging, it sounds like that this could really help workers get more familiar with their plants and then in turn start to see some of the warning signs to look for as it pertains to corrosion. I guess first off, is that accurate? And second, can you give some specific examples of how this type of simulator can really pay off with uh, corrosion control? Absolutely. So let's take a quick look at what, what the simulator does. There are two parts to the simulator. There's the 3D digital twin, which is an exact replica of the plant. Mm -hmm. We take the engineering drawings that were used to actually build the plant. If it's, a, it's, if it's less than, say, 15 years old, almost every plant today is first designed in a 3D, you might even call it virtual environment, and, and then that's used as the basis for, for, for building the facility. Okay. Often those, those 3D engineering drawings, 
they're just put on the shelf. We take them off the shelf and we build an exact replica down to the nuts and bolts of the facility, pumps, compressors, heat exchangers, hand railings, uh, where you can walk, where you can't walk. There's also a second digital twin, which is the process digital twin is working in the back end. And that connects temperatures, pressures, flows uh, to, to that other digital twin, which is the 3D model. So when you turn the valve in the virtual world, you're actually, it's, uh, the simulator responds to that and adjusts the temperature, the flow, the pressure accordingly across the entire plant. So essentially you're getting a, as close as you can get to a real life experience because you have these two digital, digital twins, one physical in, three, in a 3D virtual world, and the other mathematical, working together to give you a very realistic experience. This brings you to corrosion. So using both of those digital twins together and setting up specific scenarios, you can, you, you can detect and respond to in whatever, you know, according to the standard operating procedures, to deal, first of all, detect corrosion, you can use essentially uh, thermal cameras in the virtual world to detect corrosion or, or through visual inspection. You can take corrective actions. You can, do, you can do measurements of corrosion measurements using tools that can be developed in the virtual world. The idea here is that um, unlike classroom learning and e-learning, this is as real as it gets without actually being in the plant. And the retention rates that we're seeing go from 20 to 30 percent hmm. from technical retention to 70 to 80 uh, for hands-on learning in the virtual environment. And so what, what's nice about this digital twin of the, of the physical plant is you can do many things that you could never do in an operating plant. There's a lot of different safety procedures. You can create a gas leak in a virtual world. You can run run people to a mustard station. You can do um, you know fire extinguisher uh, training. You can you can set a gas leak off. There's pretty much anything you can do in the virtual world, and and train people in less frequent but critical tasks, many of which could be related to corrosion. What type of feedback have you heard from some of the early users of the system? I know you mentioned the data with regards to how much more quickly it can train workers. But in terms of uh, com concrete examples, if you will, of how workers are responding to this, the type of things that they're saying in terms of how easy or difficult it is to use, et cetera, what type of feedback have you heard from the early users of this system? So a couple of of things. First of all, uh, the folks that are in, in the virtual world are the same people that are physically in the plant day to day. Mm -hmm. So they know every corner, they know they know what the plant looks and feels like. The, res the first response we've gotten from customers is, it is exactly what I, I see and feel in the real world, but it's in a safe place in a, in a, in a virtual environment. Um, the only difference being that it's maybe the pipes aren't as dirty or it doesn't have you know, all the sights and sounds, but it does have 3D sound and it has a true stereoscopic, um, you know, visuals. So it is quite close to the real thing. Secondly, the feedback we're getting is the level of engagement of those that are being trained. There is no distraction. You're wearing a, a VR headset that you can't be texting, you can't be looking at other things like an e-learning or classroom learning. You are fully engaged in that world. And essentially that because you have the sights, the sight and the sound, it's codifying in your mind what you would expect to find in the real world. So that's why you get that, ex what we're seeing is getting that acceleration of retention of, of key tasks. So 
what you can do in a virtual environment, you can do the same task just before you go out and do it in the real world. If you're doing a maintenance task, which is very complex, like removing the bundle from, from a large compressor, and there's 120 steps you have to do over a two-day period, you could walk through that even in an accelerated fashion, hands-on in a virtual environment. So when you go out and do it in the real world, you do it faster, better, and with less mistakes. So there's, you know, this, this idea of muscle memory and having the ability to try things out and even make mistakes and learn from those mistakes in a virtual world benefit you almost immediately when you go in, out into the real world and have to deal with, with similar issues. And because it's portable, it, all you need is a gaming laptop and a VR headset. And you can carry it around with you. You could do it in a classroom. You could do it at home. You could do it in your hotel room if you have to travel and, and get trained up on a specific series of tasks or situations just before you go in and do it in, in the real world. So, you know, there's that proximity of training from a timing perspective to the actual action of doing the work. And there's also the, the realism and the um, and how it grabs your attention um, as you're doing the training in the virtual world. With over 37,000 readers, Materials Performance is the world's largest circulation magazine dedicated exclusively to corrosion prevention and control. Published monthly by NACE International, Materials Performance covers the latest technologies, techniques, and methods of corrosion control used in industries and infrastructure worldwide. Sign up for your subscription today at materialsperformance.com slash subscribe. One of the other things that jumps out to me about this system, at least in 2020, is that it potentially makes life a little bit easier for companies during COVID-19 because instead of having to jam workers into a traditional classroom model, they're able to do this type of training. We talked earlier about it being more efficient, but because they're able to do it in a virtual setting, then all of a sudden you're not making the same logistics requests, which for 2020 and at least a portion of 2021 is a pretty big deal. Is that something that you've heard from your clients? Absolutely. Um, our, our, our internal and external classroom training obviously has gone down mm -hmm. for our customers. And the attention and the interest in these sorts of technologies has increased exponentially, to be honest, because it, it is, you can do the training anywhere, and the cost, you, you, you pretty much eliminate the cost of travel. And it is portable, and it is, um, it is quite effective. So we see, we don't see this going away. This in combination with e-learning, so we're working on some things around how you deliver this in an e-learning module as well on a 2D screen. So it's not quite as immersive as you would do if you put on the headset and we're in that virtual world. But you can even deliver e-learning with a skills-based component, which is a lot more hands-on than just the questions and answers and videos that you see in e-learning. So there's different ways of um, delivering the, this, this platform. It's agnostic to kind of the hardware. That, that accompanies it. It doesn't have to be fully immersive. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is completely comfortable with putting on a, and losing yourself in a virtual world. The younger generation, you know, grabs onto it quite easily. But there are other modalities to deliver this type of training. And we actually have a variety of ways which we can deliver the, the experience without having to be a, in a fully immersive one, which is truly 3D. You, you, actually, you can reach your hand out and it feels, it, it almost feels like you can, you can touch the handrail or, or, the, or the pump that you're working with without actually having it there in front of you. You mentioned earlier the skilled labor shortage that 
definitely with regards to corrosion control or broader maintenance, I think we all know is an issue. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more, what the connection with this type of technology is to the broader development of the maintenance industry's workforce? I guess just make the connection, if you could, between this type of system and why it potentially boosts the efficiency of the workforce that's coming in for the next generation? Well, there's there's really two things. There's uh, the recruitment side of things. So mm -hmm. you think about, um, you know, engineers choosing the engineering career or a career similar to that or maintenance career where you would go, you know, leave your iPad and your cell phone behind and pick up a, you know, a, a clipboard and, and a, a, pen, a piece of paper and you're doing the work uh, th that way. The, the digital native, which is pretty much the, the millennial generation and the Gen Z which are just entering the workforce now, they're, they're digital natives. They want to use the tools that they know they can be successful with. And these sorts of tools are just a perfect fit for their comfort zone. And so you're, you're essentially, you know, if you were to choose an industry, which is quite old school, but with brand new tools, the chances of them coming on board are, I think, stronger. So it's all about, you know, generating new, the next generation of worker in the industry and uh, these are these are points that help help boost that right and then secondly how quickly you know I mentioned earlier about time to competency how quickly can we get folks truly competent and confident to do the work at hand and unfortunately it's it takes a long time there are a lot of things you have to go through to be um, self-sufficient in the field and um, the, the studies that we've, we've seen external studies and the ones we're doing internally with our customers are showing is that these the metrics around virtual reality training are getting people up to speed so much faster than the old way, which is mostly classroom-based, that we have more people in the workforce, better prepared, more confident people, and the companies that are investing in this, they we hear from from the the workers, they feel that the companies have their back, that that they are investing in the people which I think is really, really important. One of the talks I often give um, is, is about the Internet of Things. And Internet of Things, as you know, is around using technologies to transform the way work is done. And I truly believe that the, that the individual, the person, is at the core of the Internet of Things. And those folks, so we'll never automate things completely, no matter how hard we try, the individual will be at the center of key decisions. So the question is, automate what you can, and then provide um, the support, the technology support, so they, they make better decisions. So the point is here, if you invest in these technologies, you'll get more, more people coming on board, better prepared, and they'll truly feel that they're, they're investing in their futures. Let's talk a little more broadly, because obviously Honeywell has a number of industrial clients. What type of things are you hearing from them in late 2020? I'm curious, number one, how many of them are faring business-wide during COVID, during all the unique market forces of this year? Clearly, there's an election season going on as well. And in terms of Honeywell's role as a technology provider, what are some of the trends, I suppose, of the things that they're asking for moving forward? Yeah, they're looking for more digital tools it's all about digital transformation and and Honeywell is really taking the lead in many of the industry verticals around digital transformation mm -hmm. we are we are first of all transforming digitally ourselves 
I've seen over the last years how many new tools and approaches that are digital that a big company like Honeywell, which is a main, major manufacturer globally, uh, how we are transforming internally with digital tools. And then many of our customers are asking us, so how do we, you know, the questions around the pandemic have really brought to the forefront the need to support the worker and uh, support the worker when there's a reduced number of people allowed on site, when the experts are not allowed to fly in to do the specialized work, when the maintenance people are not allowed on site, so you need to, to kind of put on more hats, you know, the, the people that are core to the operations have to wear more hats. So they need things like digital workflow and they need things like virtual reality um, training and they need to be able to call an expert from a distance and share kind of their, their view through a video chat capability. We, so we've developed a lot of these kind of digital tools for our customers, even to the, to the extent where you can control and monitor a plant from a distance. You know, we're, you know, this odd, it's not that not that we're removing the, the customer is removing all the people, but when you have a reduced staff, sometimes you have to take take on more things from a distance to have that control at a from a remote location and centralize operations. So, truly, the pandemic has created and um, opened people's eyes to the need and has accelerated the need to digitally transform. And I think that's the single biggest um, thing we're seeing out of, out of the last six months is um, the, the strong attention to truly digital transform and not just to talk about it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, before we sign off, Vincent, for any of our listeners that want more information or resources from Honeywell, what are some of the ways that they can reach out to you guys or access further details about the simulator or anything else that you all offer? Basically, feel free to plug whatever you like from Honeywell's perspective. Yeah, certainly. So, um, you know, Honeywell, HoneywellProcess.com is our automation and control systems division of Honeywell where um, all of our portfolio sits that I'm involved in, mm -hmm. including virtual reality and some of these digital tools. So. I would certainly go there or just search the web um, for for that information. There's a lot on the web about the products that are that are being developed and will continue to be developed, uh, and that's probably the best place to go. Sounds great. Folks, that's where we will wrap up today's podcast. For Vincent Higgins, I'm Ben DuBose, and if you want more insight from us before our next podcast, I strongly encourage you to check out nace.org and materialsperformance.com. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. As always, thanks for listening, and please come back soon for another podcast episode right here at NACE International.